0: Six thirty, Chad. Inside sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.
1: Drop pass, drives McDavid down the middle, wrist shot. Scores!
0: Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by CAM LLP Injury Lawyers. Representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. On the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad.
1: I see all these videos of people doing workouts in their homes because of the social distancing, rec centers being closed. I don't know if I've really been doing that on a daily basis, but I'll tell you what. Taking up that bag of empties from the basement in a couple of weeks, that's going to be a huge lift. That's going to be some hardcore lifting right there. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 630 Chet. My name is Reed Wilkins with you until 8 o'clock tonight, and we have a lot to get to, and we're going to dive right in.
2: Kawhi up top, looks at the clock, turns the corner for the win! Got
0: it! Kawhi Leonard! With the game winner!
2: <laughs> Hanging in the air! The ball
0: suspended in air! Inside shot. The- The
1: signature moment from the Raptors championship run last spring, starting tomorrow, TSN and Sportsnet are going to replay all of their playoff games, and the guy who was the analyst on those broadcasts joins us now, Leo Routens. Leo, welcome to Inside Sports, how are you doing? I'm great, great to great to be here with you tonight. Yeah, good to catch up with you, I, I wish we were, were talking about uh, a current NBA season and the Raptors playing through the final few games of the regular season and getting ready for another run at the title, but that's not the world win right now man uh what was it like for you just seeing the 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 Rudy Gobert situation and, and the NBA eventually deciding to suspend operations just over a week ago and then obviously the NHL followed suit
3: well you know the whole thing kind of unfolded quickly right uh you know we had a lot of uh you know speculation things like that happening and, and people started to talk but then You really got to give credit to to the NBA. Uh, You know, the the United States government uh, was really waffling on the whole issue, and and not. I I think there's a lot of misinformation that was being thrown out there uh, as far as what's happening and the impact of the virus. And and the NBA really took the lead Uh, when they when they suspended all games seeing that the whole world took notice and and all of the pro leagues not only in north america but uh, overseas uh everybody just shut down and uh i I think it was a great statement by the nba uh great great job by adam silver to to really I, i guess bring more attention uh proper attention much needed attention uh to the coronavirus which uh just wasn't happening at that time and now we're seeing. You know, kind of the the repercussions of it all, and and quite frankly, I, I still think we're at least in in Canada and the United States, we're still kind of in the infancy stages of this whole thing. So it's gonna it's gonna get a lot worse before it gets better, and you just have to hope that uh, you know uh, we can make up for lost time. People will be serious, be smart, you know, follow instructions, and uh, isolate as much as possible. And hopefully, uh, hopefully, we can flatten this curve at some point in time. Yeah, yeah,
1: very well said for sure, Leo. So with the sports being gone for a while, there's there's a lot of focus on sports memories and reflecting on my favorite this, my favorite that. Well, for Raptors fans, for Canadian basketball fans, you don't have to go back very far to get a favorite playoff run because it started last year with the Raptors going to the NBA title and starting tomorrow, TSN and Sportsnet are going to take turns going through every playoff game along the way, Leo, which is, which is why we wanted to have you on. And one thing that... Maybe gets gets lost in the shuffle in all this. Uh, the the playoffs didn't start that well for the Raptors, did they? Game one against uh, Orlando, uh, you know, kind of they, they didn't really
3: shoot out of the gate. Well, you know, I actually thought that was a good thing for them. Uh, you know, everybody knew they were a good team, uh, fifty eight wins, second best record in the NBA, and everybody knew they were they were solid. And when they lost that game. It was kind of just a just a rude slap in the face for them. And really from that point on I mean, they won the next four straight against Orlando. And from that point on, their defense went to a different level. And that's really what it was. If you if you watch game one, the way they played, they were passive. Uh, they allowed Orlando to do what they want. All of a sudden, after that game, Orlando couldn't do anything that they wanted to do. They completely neutralized their best players. They took away their pick and rolls. And the Raptors all of a sudden were looking like a team that, oh boy, watch out. Uh, because I, I think anybody that watched the Raptors during the season realized this is a team that's got potential uh, to win it, to get to the finals, to, to be one of the top teams. And, uh, you know, I, I think they were so locked in in the playoffs. Unfortunately, that, that first game was just, uh, just a blip in the radar, and uh, they recovered quickly. And, and, again, in some ways it was a good thing for them to start out that way.
1: The second round was a classic against Philadelphia with a classic ending. You know, we've played the, the audio on the show. We've seen all the highlights and all the camera angles. Leo, I want your experience of Kawhi's game-winning shot in Game 7.
3: Well, it was uh, it really was an incredible experience. Uh, you know, and, and hard to believe that that's the first Game 7 game winner in the history of the league. <laughs> when I, You know, when I heard that, because if you would have asked me that question, you would have stumped me because uh, I would have thought for sure there would have been, uh, you know, game winners in the game seven prior to that. But uh, for that to be, that's how big a shot that was. And, and I can distinctly remember, you know, I was calling the game, and my seat, where I sit calling the game uh, at Scotiabank Arena, I'm basically right at the top of the key almost. Uh, so I'm looking right at Kawhi where he caught the ball. And you really can't see it on, uh, in, on replays because his head doesn't lift. But the first thing he does when he comes the basketball, he just looks to see well, how much time he's got. And then he, here's the thing that uh, I tell people, you know, some people say, you know, it was a lucky shot, you know, four bounces and went in. But yeah. I say that when, there wasn't anything lucky about that. Uh, obviously, uh, in life, Uh, You know, there's always luck, and and I think luck is important in anything you do. But at the same time, the harder you work, the more you prepare, the luckier you get. And what happened on that play is something that Kawhi's done before. Uh, He loves driving to the short corner between the key and the corner and lifting up for a shot. He's had a game winner there. He's taken several other late-game shots, made and missed, but that's one of his pet shots. So all he did on that situation was make an adjustment. He had he had Benson Porter coming at him, and he knew that he had to change the angle of that drive. And so when he put that ball on the floor, he didn't go to the short corner. He went to the corner uh, for a three-point shot. And, again, there was nothing by chance. Everything that happened was orchestrated. And if you watch what he did, he got to that corner, he jumped into a shot. And if you notice, Kawhi's shot normally has a very flat trajectory. Uh, for a guy that's an excellent shooter with great percentages, um, you know he's got a very flat shot. But what he, what he did was he jumped into the corner, and the only way this shot was going to go, especially with Joel Embiid coming to try to block it, uh, he got into the shot low and he elevated, and he had to jump backwards. And when he jumped backwards and, 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 and he really got a great lift out of his legs, he had to extend up and over Joel Embiid. And something I always tell young players, um, you know, do you make every shot you take? Obviously the answer is no. So what's your goal as a shooter? Your goal as a shooter is to give the ball a chance every time you shoot it. And that's what Kawhi did. He elevated. He got that ball up. And to give that ball a chance, to give any ball a chance, you need two things, backspin and arc. So you get that ball up in the air, and it's got good rotation on the ball. And so what happened is he elevated, and he got that shot up, and and again, this to seemed like an eternity. It was about four seconds when he started, and then he took the shot, and then I don't know how long that ball was up in the air, and then it bounces. But when it when it started when it's coming down, and the first bounce, if you're flat, that ball is going to come back. It's going to hit the ring and come back, uh, or or it's going to go long away from you. But that ball, because of the arc and the backspin, when it hit the rim, it went straight up. As soon as it went straight up, I was like, okay, all right, okay. You know, I got excited. And then it came straight down and bounced. And it stayed within the cylinder and it bounced again, 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 and then dropped in. But to me, he did everything that he wanted to do on that shot. In his mind, he knew what he was going to do, how he was going to do it. He had to get that ball up. It had great arc, great rotation. It had a good bounce, a shooter's bounce. And there's a difference in a shooter's bounce and a lucky bounce. And uh, that's what he did. And so I I look at that shot, and I I think one of the things that I felt was obviously great elation. The whole place went crazy. At the same time, it, it seemed like an eternity from the time he got the ball and went in the basket. And I, I think frustration, you got to remember, unfortunately, the Raptors are, Raptors are lumped in with the Leafs and everybody else. So years of losing, years of frustration, years of anxiety, years of playoff failures. it was on everybody's mind. And when that ball was bouncing, you could just feel the
0: anxiety,
3: the stress, and the pressure. Uh, and then when it went in, it's almost like the, the, the devil left the building. Everybody just exhaled and were ecstatic. And it was an incredible, an incredible uh, thing to be a part of. Incredible feeling when it happened. Uh, and, and it, like I guess it was almost like, uh, you know, you see those movies, uh, or you see the the preachers that come up and slap your head and say evil spirits be gone. And it was, it was almost like that. It's almost like all the evil spirits left the building when that shot went in.
1: Leo. That is an amazing description, and that's why we have you on, because you played the game, and you could give us all, like, if you asked me to describe the shot, I'd say, well, he caught it, dribbled to his right, jumped really high, fired it, got a few bounces off the rim, and it went in, but you give so many more details, and uh, let us know what's going through a player's mind, so I, I love that for sure. Leo Rowden's joining us on Inside Sports. You know, they got they got the championship, just just for you as a Canadian, Leo, getting to broadcast that and, and see the Canadian team win, uh, I, I mean. I mean, you know, Matt Devlin, I loved how when a player would hit a three-pointer, he'd say, you know, from Edmonton or from Red Deer, like this is, the city's loved here and that. But just for you as a, a Canadian and to be able to broadcast and see that victory and see how it kind of brought the country together, can you tell us what that was experience was like for you?
3: Well, it was an incredible feeling. Re- really uh, a dream come true. My goal was always to play for a Canadian team in the NBA, and obviously that never happened. Uh, my time ran out before the Raptors came into existence, and uh, to be able to do what I do is the next best thing. And I, I you know, for me, it's the perspective, right? Um, you know, I was around and playing the game when nobody cared. I was around really playing the game where there was a, you know, you had you had pockets of basketball junkies across Canada, but you know, we really didn't have our outlet. We didn't have the exposure we didn't have you know the ability to to, to to see nba and experience nba and unless you traveled somewhere to do it and you know my experience at the nba was the buffalo Braves. You know, they came to toronto played played a, a handful of games every year or, or a few years and you know i got to experience bob mcadoo ernie d and these guys and to tell you the kind of impact it had on me i, I wore number 11 basically my whole career because of Bob McAdoo and the Buffalo Braves, that's the impact he had on me as a little kid, just to be able to see it. So you know, now, now players, now kids, you know, are growing up with the NBA. If you think about Andrew Wiggins, a number one pick in the NBA, he was born in 1995. That's when the NBA came to Canada in 1995 with Vancouver and Toronto. So you know, here's a guy that grew up with the NBA, and when, when you you know you watch, you can watch 300 games a year. You can. Uh, you could go to kin- clinics, camps, coaches' uh, events. You could do all kinds of things. Where now, you know, you're 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 touching it, you're seeing it, you're feeling it, you're tasting it. It's it's a live, uh, actual experience that you you now look at that and say, hey, you know what? Maybe I can do this, uh, which was so different for me. Uh, what was what was the realistic idea of, of me saying I want to play in the NBA when you hardly ever saw it? Um, you know, somehow I believed it and I did it. Yet at the same time, for these kids, it's it's very very different. And so when Raptors, you know, won, won the championship, it was like all that you know came up. And it was, it was to me, it was emotional. Uh, it, it was it was incredible. And. You know, I mentioned '95 when the two teams came into existence. To me, that was the turning point of basketball in our country, uh, and that's why we have more NBA players than any other country outside of the United States. And that number is going to continue to grow. But winning the championship is going to be the next step. We don't we don't even know uh, the ramifications of it yet. It's going to be you know five, ten years down the road, but it's going to have even a bigger impact than the NBA just coming to Canada. So uh, all that, believe it or not, it <laughs> was going through my mind, everything I just said. And, and like I said, to be to kind of be a part of it when nobody cared uh, and, and to see it now. And also, you know, I'm a day one with the Toronto Raptors. You know, i, I this just my 25th year, and uh, I was there doing game one. I was doing expansion. I was doing Vince Carter. I was doing uh, the, the good years and the bad years. So uh, it, it was just a uh, just, – uh, sorry i got my dogs in the background you may hear that's okay <laughs> but, uh, it was just uh yeah it's just uh it's just an incredible uh experience feeling uh, and, uh to be a part of the whole thing leo love your perspective
1: I, I think the dogs need your attention and i understand that being a dog guy myself but thank you so much for coming on inside sports i hope we can do this again and i hope we're talking about current games the next time we have you
3: uh, I hope so, too, and I, I look forward to doing it again, and everybody out there, you know, be safe, uh, live your life, don't be scared, but be safe, be strong. I think this is going to get a lot worse before it gets better, but we all do the right thing and stay together, we're okay.
1: All right, that was awesome to have Leo Routens on the show. Two Point Robert texting in, he says, Reed, I get chills Every time I hear, or sorry, says I get a lump in my throat every time I hear Matty D's call of Kawhi's shot, hearing Leo's description of the shot gave me chills. Yeah, that was, Kellen, that was a great interview to have Leo Rounds on the show. Amazing. And that's what I love. I mean, I ask him about the Kawhi's Game 7 shot, and we get this extended, I think it was about a four-minute answer describing what he saw Kawhi doing, what Kawhi's probably thinking, why he went that way, how comfortable he was in that situation, how the ball bounced on the rim. Man, I love that. It will be fun checking out the replay of the Raptors playoff run starting tomorrow on TSN and Sportsnet. Tomorrow from 7 to 8 on Inside Sports, we will have a condensed version of the February 1st game between the Oilers and the Flames. We will have all the significant highlights for you over the course of that hour. Jeff Merrick from Sportsnet is coming up. This portion of the show presented by Furnace Family. Experience the Furnace Family difference. Your furnace replacement specialist with over 500 five-star Google reviews. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. You are welcome to text or call 780-496-0063. Let me know if you've been watching any old games on YouTube or pulling out any DVDs or VHS tapes of old games and what you've been watching, if so. Back after the news. Thanks for listening tonight.
0: Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers. Representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962.
2: Oh, a little leopard killing. This music video is spectacular,
1: by the way.
3: Nothing wrong with this track.
1: Love the hair. The Big L writing in, he says, Hey, Reed, I once dated a girl who was a cheerleader for the Vancouver Grizzlies. I don't have an interesting NBA story, just that. That is from the Big L. Well, I appreciate him sharing. Were they cheerleaders or were they dance team members back then? It doesn't matter, Kellen. It's the same thing, I know, but... Well, no, I guess it's not exactly the same thing. We know what he's talking about. Gotcha, yeah. Well, good for the Big L. I did not know the Big L... Ever, I assume you must have lived in Vancouver, Big L. Maybe it was a long-distance relationship. I don't know. I would like. I mean, there's got to be. A, there's got to be a good story. He says he doesn't have an interesting story. I think that's a very interesting story. You know, how did you meet? Did you get tickets to the game? You know, where did it make you uncomfortable to have people ogling her as she performed? That's a word, isn't it? Ogling. Ogling. You know, people know what
3: I'm talking about. Or oogling. Is it ogling or oogling? I think it's ogling, but I think the Americans may say oogling. It's one of those different things on what's like of the favorites you're on. and
1: favorite. Oh wait, spelling doesn't go very well on the radio when right. you're referring to a missing you. Cowtown Bob writing in, he says, Hi Reed, I watched the nineteen ninety three CFL Western final last night. The Eskimos beat the stamps and Doug Flutie froze his hands. Yeah, I remember that game. And Cowtown Bob also says, oh, this is for you, Kellen. All right. Please make a note. Get out your notation pen. Here's a, sorry, I'm going to get to the rest of your text, Cowtown Bob, because you do have a request. Kellen actually writes with an ink bottle and a quill pen. That's right. He, he, Kellen actually has a little bottle of ink, and he has one of those quill pens, and he dips the end of the pen in the ink bottle, and, and he writes his stuff out. It's from the Giovanni Kaboto line. So here's what I need you to note. So do you have your quill pen handy? I am ready. Cowtown Bob says I would like to request Fortunate Sun by CCR after a commercial break, please. I think we can do that. Most definitely. Fortunate Sun. Well, uh, which is the one I really like? Up around the bend? Yes. That's the one I really like. But Fortunate Sun is good too. So we will get Fortunate Sun. Well, we should be able to do it the next time coming back from Absolutely. break. You'll have time. You'll have time to yep. put, find the record. I gotta go digging
3: through Halsey's collection, but I think I know where it is, so.
1: Uh, Adam says it's pronounced Ogling. All right. This texture says, I played basketball against George Routens, who was Leo's older brother. Oh, that's cool. Who wrote that in? I don't see a name on that one. But he also says George was underrated. Well, oh, that's very interesting. Yeah, Leo Routens... Uh, a Canadian. I mean, he's kind of a Canadian basketball pioneer. I mean, after James Naismith, I suppose, who invented the game. <laughs> I guess he's the ultimate pioneer of the game. But yeah, Leo Routhins was in the NBA, and le- and like you said, when he, when he was playing basketball, he didn't really have a lot of Canadian or any Canadian players to to look up to. And then some Canadian players would have looked up to him. And now. I think we're going to have more and more Canadians getting into the sport. A lot of youngsters who saw the Raptors win it all last spring and think, hey, maybe that's the sport for me. So that's pretty cool. Ice Castle's Brad says, I once dated a girl. Her sister was friends with someone who knew the roommate of a cheerleader at her school, I think. Well, six degrees of separation. It's all about the social circle, right? It's all all about the social circle, absolutely. Tell you what, let's take the quick break here, Kellen. Then we can get Cowtown Bob's song in, and we'll bring in Jeff Merrick as well.
0: Hi, this
3: is Mike Smith from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Ted.
1: Well, this text is kind of a bummer. Uh Uh-oh. I did not know this happened, but uh, this section says, My brothers and I went and saw a preseason game at the Old Coliseum, 76ers against the Nuggets. It was when Dr. J was playing. He played a whopping three minutes. The crowd was not impressed. Yeah, that would not be good. That would not be good at all. All right, we have Adam online, too, who says he has a story for us. Adam, is it PG-13? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Actually, I was pre-13 at the time. I was. Uh, this is when I was back in my Adam days, and our uh, our hockey team got the opportunity to go to Kevin Lowe's house for a barbecue. Uh, it was in the summer. I, I wish I could remember which year when they won the one of the cups they won. But uh, so my parents sent me off, and I ended up falling in Kevin Lowe's pool. I was warned not to hang out by it, but I went in to drink. And the worst part was the, all the pictures I have. I have pictures of me holding up the cup in his yard, and my mom. dumb old t-shirt and these <laughs> trashy track pants and my mom was just yeah she was so embarrassed but totally it was just an awesome story so,
1: i'm sure kevin lowe didn't mind
0: no they were cool it was dave hunter too like there was a lot of the boys there it was a great time they treated the kids awesome good food we had fun and yeah i just i i guess maybe I, maybe i just needed some attention i'm still the same today I now,
1: so did you guys win a contest or what happened
0: no, it was, our, it was our Adam team. We uh, I played rep hockey growing up, and, and it was a, a friend of mine, well, my dad's friend, who was one of the assistant coaches on the team. Oh. And uh, and he knew someone in the Lowell family, so I got to go with, uh, his name is Daryl Bonsteel. If you're listening, Daryl, I'll never forget you for that. But uh, him and his family, uh, they invited me along. I was best friends with his son, and yeah, it was just a really cool opportunity and embarrassing experience, I guess.
1: I think it's a pretty cool story, Adam. Thanks for sharing.
0: Thanks for taking the time. Appreciate what you're doing, boys, and take care and stay safe.
1: Right on. That is Adam at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Well, different times for uh, a lot of people who cover the National Hockey League, including this gentleman from Sportsnet. It's our buddy, Jeff Merrick. Jeff, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Uh, been too long. Happy to be back, Reed. Always good to talk to you. Just wish it was
2: under better circumstances. That's I guess kind of obvious, eh, pal?
1: Yeah, very much so. That's been the that's been the theme with a lot of guests I've had on the show this week. But I, I do appreciate you making time for us. It is a long overdue interview. And how is how is life in the TV world with limited television to, <laughs> to well, perform?
2: It's funny, funny you should mention that because I'm kind of living in the uh, in the radio and podcast. And last night, Instagram Live world, we've shut down all live production, all TV production. Uh, has been shut down so our facility at CBC we're not doing anything so there's no hockey Central the uh, the early edition with Carolyn Cameron that thing has been shut down uh, it's a very very skeletal if any staff at all that goes into that uh, to that office space at CBC down front Street in Toronto so we've shut down uh, all television right now the one thing we do have going still is radio and so I'm still doing the hockey central radio show albeit I'm doing it remotely from uh, from my home office here in, uh, in Soville, Ontario, a little bit north of the city of Toronto on a, on a dedicated line. Uh, and our co-hosts are, are working towards either using apps or getting tie lines as well. So we're we're all sort of working towards working away from each other while still trying to do the job Well, oh yeah, there's nothing really current to talk about, Reed. So it's a, let's just say this is a challenging time. This is going to test the chops of... Of a lot of broadcasters out there.
1: So, for your home office, were you already kind of good to go and have what you needed to, to get going, or yeah. did, were there some installation needed?
2: No, no. Thankfully, um, going back to when I started doing uh, podcasts with Greg Wachinski, then of Yahoo, now of ESPN, uh, I've had a tie line box going back to. Jeez, read. I think it's 2011 or 2012. So it was honestly, it was just a matter of. Uh, configuring which ip i was going to call in on so i've really had it easy Uh, unlike other people that have had to install you know different pieces of both hardware and software um, figure out which apps uh, work appropriately Um, so no it's for me Reed, it's been turnkey uh, but i'm in the minority and i do appreciate that uh, it's been relatively simple for me to to be able to get on the air
1: so what what have you kind of been doing then? So you've been doing that. I, I know I know you got a you, you got a family. You're still taking care of and spending yep. time with them. But have you found yourself yep. falling down the uh, the YouTube void or, or anything like that? Here?
2: It's, it's, it's it's funny too because you know like I'm like you. Like we watch hockey games. Like we don't go to bed till the last game is done. And you know we that that's that's us. And like I'm the same as you. Like my entire life I've I've just watched hockey games. So what I've been able to do now. And this is the real luxury because I always feel guilty when I do it when the season is on. Like, you're right. Like, go down the YouTube wormholes of old hockey games and old hockey highlights and old hockey stories. I always feel guilty when I do it. You know, if there's, like, you know, a San Jose Anaheim game on and I find myself drifting off to watch, you know, videos of the Canada Cup 87, I say to myself... I'm not really being a good professional right now, and I'll switch on to the game that's current, so I'll have something, you know, credible to talk about the next day should anything from that game or those games come up. But, you know, the silver lining to this pause in broadcasting right now is, yeah, I'm going down those YouTube wormholes, and, you know, I went back and... Yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated with um, the history of the World Hockey Championship. When we talked about this, uh, Elliot and I did on our, on our podcast this week, we sort of went through the five biggest games in our lives, the games that have, you know, the hold the most for us. Uh, and the five, you know, uh, are, are essentially our re- favorite five games ever. And so I went back, and I'm always looking for games that have, like, legitimate, legitimate hatred in them like when we talk about hatred in the nhl now like we'll always talk about the battle of alberta and the most recent installment of that was fantastic and if the season were on right now they started the playoffs today damn it we're getting the battle of alberta and i hate that this is our first chance to get it since i don't know how long and we're not gonna get it probably this year so I, I went back to watch the 1969 World Championship, specifically Czechoslovakia against the Soviet Union. Now, this is one year after the tanks roll into Prague down the Cobblestone Street. Um, and there is a hatred between the Czechs and the Soviets that I have never seen before in hockey. I remember talking to Bobby Holik about it, his father, Yaroslav. Uh, was in the game. He taped over the the Russian star. They made them put on the jerseys uh, as an occupied country of the Soviet Union. Um, and those were games. And Bobby would tell me that his dad would always say to a player, "All those players would rather die than lose the Soviet Union." It was two games, and Czechoslovakia won two nothing and four to three. Uh, The tournament was played that year in Stockholm, was originally supposed to be played uh, in Czechoslovakia in Prague, although they thought it would be too much trouble, so they moved it to Sweden instead. And I'll tell you, Reid, if you want to talk about emotional games and hatred-filled games and games that have a lay-it-all-on-the-line timber to it, uh, those two games, 1969, Stockholm, Czechoslovakia versus Soviet Union. There is a level of violence and a level of intensity uh, that I don't think that I've ever seen from hockey before. For the full six periods of those two games.
1: Wow, that is a great recommend. I'll have to check that out for sure. That that oh, is that is a really have, good one. You know,
2: there's a, there's a there's one great. And by the way, just. Uh, Jan Tsuchy uh, was always considered the Bobby Orr of Europe. He played for Czechoslovakia. He ended up drinking and smoking his way out of hockey, but he was considered you know, to be as good as Bobby Orr. He's fantastic for Czechoslovakia, and there's a great point where after Czechoslovakia scores a goal, Jaroslav Halik, Bobby Holik's dad, starts taunting with his stick, uh, Soviet goaltender Victor Zinger. And it's a, it, it takes your breath away watching what these czechoslovakian hockey players were able to do against the uh, the mighty soviet union yeah this one this one comes highly recommended and read, i never would have had the opportunity to pause and have a look at those games during the hockey season were it not for this Pause on the
1: uh, on the NHL right now. Yeah, that, well, that's
2: what I've been doing. Well, that's, what have you been
1: doing? Well, okay, along along the lines of, of, of stuff on YouTube, I, I've uh, done a little bit of hockey. You know, I haven't watched a, a whole game. I've often just jumped in and out or skipped yep. ahead to a certain point. Um, I, I was doing some older Oilers games, and and plus there was some stuff on sportsnet on the weekend. Some of that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was well, sitting with my dad on the weekend, and we watched. I, I don't even know how this came up we watched the first couple possessions of the Chicago Bears hosting the Rams in the 1985 NFC Championship game actually played in January of 86 but that powerhouse Bears team with the uh, you know the unbeatable defense and McMahon at quarterback and then so Mark Kennedy is a curler from St. Albert he was on my show last night actually plays for Northern Ontario now he's on the Brad Jacobs rink and he came on my show last night so I fell down the rabbit hole a couple of days ago of watching a whole bunch of old curling shots. Al Hackner's famous That's shot awesome. from the Briar, uh-huh. a whole bunch of Kevin Martin shots, and then you, there's, there are even some old Briar finals from the '60s and '70s with the corn brews. And again, I didn't watch an entire game, but you just sort of skip ahead and see, you know, they're all wearing the sweaters with the patches down the sleeves, right? The big corn brooms. No so, <laughs> so I've been doing a little bit of that, just sort of random in and out of in and out of certain games, and I. Highlights.
2: yeah you know what we're uh, we're blessed
1: um you know being alive
2: when we are right now that we have access to all of this i mean you think back like if this happened 20 years ago how different like what would we be doing Reece? like honestly what, what would you do i'd be watching old games on vhs tapes i guess how many times can you watch, you know, the best of Gretzky with uh, the Oilers and the Kings? How many times can you watch various games that you recorded? I remember watching over and over the, uh, the Wayne Gretzky L.A. versus Detroit, the debut uh, of Wayne Gretzky in the second half of the first doubleheader in Hockey Day in Canada. But we'd burn through all of our VHS tapes pretty fast, wouldn't we?
1: Well, we would, and uh, the tracking tended to go on those things after you watched them a few times or pause them. I, I, hey, I used to work at Blockbuster Video. I know about all about the bad tracking complaints and uh, mish- tapes eating, getting eaten by machines, and, and all that kind of stuff.
2: <laughs> Jeff Merrick. You're, you're, dating, you're, you're dating yourself, Reed. Any young person listening right now is, is saying... What is Blockbuster Video? Reed?
1: Oh, I know. I get that all the time. I, I get that all the time. Something. My one of my friends for Christmas got me a shirt, and it has a drawing of an old Blockbuster store, and it says "Make it a Blockbuster night" on it. So I've been wearing that quite uh-huh. frequently the last couple of months. I love it. I, I, I still have my card, bud.
2: I still. I, I refuse to part with Cleaning up, we did our home rental last year in the summer, and uh, so I'm cleaning up the basement the, uh, the uh, last summer, and I came across this box of uh, box of uh, hockey cards and such, <laughs> and mixed in with it was my old Blockbuster card. My wife's like, throw that out. Why would you hang on to that? I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> the Collectors, eye, this is a important. You know how much money and time I spend wandering up and down the aisles of Blockbuster video? Give me a break. I'm not letting go of my <laughs> Blockbuster card. Not a chance.
1: Well, it's funny because I, I, I put a picture of myself in that shirt on, uh, I can't remember if I tweeted it or put it on Instagram, but somebody put tweeted back or res- responded with their a picture of their card and it had their account number on it And I remembered what store it was from because every account started with, like, two was the Edmonton, or was Alberta or something, and then nine zero was, meant it was in Edmonton. And then the next two digits were the store numbers. So from working in Edmonton, you had to know all the store numbers. So I got that tweet, and I said, oh, yeah, you were at, uh, that's from such and such a store. He was like, yeah, how did you know that? I was like, store code's right in there, buddy. You just got to know where to find it.
2: (laughs) You know what? Your, your old employer is the reason the Florida Panthers are in the NHL right now. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Wayne, Wayne, Wayne Huizenga, right? Michael Eisner with uh, Disney, they were going to make the movies. And across the country, uh, Wayne Huizenga and Blockbuster Video was going to tri- distribute them all. And there was going to be a hockey team. And that was the plan. And uh, that never really worked out. But, yeah, your old employer, uh, his, his legacy still lives in, uh, in Sunrise.
1: Yeah, that's uh, th- those are quite the memories, uh, Jeff. It- it's great to have you on the show. Uh, you-, you know, it's going to be fun. Just uh, and-, and again, it's it's not fun what we're going through. But uh, TV stations, nope. media people are trying to do some interesting things. Raptors playoff run. We're going to see some older games. We're replay. You're going to like this, Jeff. We're replaying from seven to eight tomorrow night on Inside Sports. We're going to do a condensed version of the Oilers eight three win over the Flames on February first, which of course included the goalie fight.
2: Oh, that that, that was the game of the year. Like, as far as emotional, it's funny, too, because we all, whenever we do um, games nationally, specifically when we do Battle of Alberta, and we want to sort of, you know, sell some sizzle, we always find that we're using games from 20 years ago, 15 years ago, and that's been the story of the Battle of Alberta. Like, whenever Calgary and Edmonton get together at Sportsnet National, we put together a teases for the game, you know, we find that we're throwing out, you know, Timmy Hunter and Dave Semenko and Marty McSorley and Nick Petiu, and all that was awful, uh, Jim Poplinski, and, like, we're fighting Ronnie Stern. Like, you, you find that we're, 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 we're Kevin McClellan. We're drawing from an era that has nothing to do with right now keeping our fingers crossed that one day it'll be that thing again and this year it became that thing again and it it reminded people it reminded people how much you anticipated seeing a level of violence in the game that we're now conditioned to believe we don't enjoy anymore and i've always maintained reed that sports exists in a very unique place in our bodies it exists right between your head and your heart your heart knows something but your heart feels something. My head can't justify that type of violence in sports. I am a grown man. Logically, I should not like this, but my heart tells me something different. And sports is that struggle between the two. Your head is pulling you one way and your heart is pulling you the other. In the middle this year, is that game that you're talking about, that Edmonton-Calgary game, which had a lot of goals, a lot of great hits, and yes, had the goalie fight, so good on you guys.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be cool to hear that for sure, Jeff. It's cool to have you on Inside Sports again. Uh, I, I you know of course we wish it was under different circumstances, and we are talking about the last couple of weeks of the regular season. But uh, definitely keep in touch. I hope you and your family are doing well, and enjoy wherever YouTube takes you tonight, my friend.
2: <laughs> I appreciate that, yeah, to you and, and all your listeners, and certainly your family as well uh, in these very challenging times. Everybody, be safe. Uh, and I hope everyone's okay, and there will be an end to this. We don't see it quite yet, uh, but we all know it'll come to some conclusion. Let's just be careful on the way there. And listen, I'm around Reed. And Whenever you're bored or whenever a guest cancels, you need someone to suck up some oxygen, you just give me a buzz, buddy.
0: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.